So, um, Do you like cheese? Then you should I wasn't ready. Turn turn. <laughs> I, is this some sort of reference to me being a shill of any sort? No, it's just every time every time I come on the show, I always have to do something prior to the intro. About <laughs> your affiliation with no nonsense cheese or whatever. It's um, I would like I would like to call it a true partnership rather than an affiliation. They're good to me. A loving team. relationship. Yes. There you go. Yes. They are, and they well, are. Well, commensalism is that? Is that? Um, <laughs> stop. Symbiotic relationships. Please stop saying words I don't understand. Because <laughs> it might be a problem for me, especially if we we're on a podcast and I keep having to really, say, "Sorry, you... can you repeat that?" Or can you explain in other words? Because I don't know what you're saying. No worries. Well. Um, I, I would like to do a little introduction around the. Uh, we've got all of the best brain power from Ireland on the call today, which is quite nice for me. Uh, it's oh, someone's not confident. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I kind of feel like if you were looking at the top nutrition people from Ireland, there's like the A team, and we're like the B team. And okay. The A team is like Alan Flanagan. I was going to say if you're referring to if you're referring to the Cigna crew, I'm not having that. It's not fair. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we're we're the we're the ones that people you know pay to appear at birthday parties and stuff like that. Like, you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wait, are you <laughs> Spodermon? <laughs> uh, night monkey. <laughs> yeah. Is that a, is that an, uh, only an Irish thing, Night Monkey? Or have I missed something? Uh, you've clearly missed uh, Spider-Man: uh, Far From Home. I haven't. Yeah. yeah, I have not seen that. Um, <laughs> I I stopped watching Spider-Man from. And I'll be honest, I now find it because there's been so many iterations of it to actually know which one I'm referring to. But who I can't remember who the actor is. Uh I'm Holland. No, before that. Let's go backwards uh, in time. Garfield. Before that. Toby McGuire. That's the dude. That's when I stopped watching it. Okay. Yeah, I don't so. blame you. The third the third one in his uh trilogy was, was pretty bad. Mm. Mm. I think the first one was quite good, but it I was. think when they did the second I, I, which was the one where he's dancing down the street really cheesy the third, third one. one there yeah. we go that's when it starts <laughs> to go a bit wrong for me so yes I have not seen Far From Home especially when I um, is, isn't this like the whole characters are all really different and weird now as well as in they're not no. like the traditional comic, comic book characters or I got that wrong no, I think mm. you got that wrong okay. but sure <laughs> I heard things like the you know the progressive left had decided that and obviously I consider myself in, in that spectrum yeah, well yeah as in they stopped like trying to change history or change kind of original characters made up to kind of a, 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 I, sh- I, I guess the term would be to have a bit more diversity and inclusion um, I think if you're not careful Rab is going to introduce all of the characters within <laughs> Spider-Man and the Spider-Universe before we yeah. actually get introduced <laughs> I, I don't think my MacBook hey, has enough uh, memory <laughs> Brett said that we were the the or Richie said we were the ones at new birthday parties. So I was just trying to make reference to that, but we can we can re-pivot back to our original timeline. I'm just glad that I have the pulling power to get such three amazing people onto the podcast. So it's because you're such a charmer, Brett. Oh, oh, 
I know, I know. <laughs> um, no, uh, that's because I work in sales. I can, you know, I keep telling people <laughs> selling retirement dreams. Uh, um, ha, let, let's have a little brief round. I'm going to do a little round robin. Just say, see how everyone is. Just keep it as short as you wish, or you know, appreciate Rab has a little bit of a time frame. But let's start. Well, I was going to say Rebecca. She's gone on mute. So let's go with Richie. Richie, how are you, my man? I'm Grant. Uh, how are you doing? Do you want me to do like a bit of an intro? Or? Uh, I just want you to just give us a brief update of anything you think that people might be interested in. Um, perhaps something around uh, how the PhD is, how your research is, anything, just some brief, I don't know. Yeah, uh, so my PhD got... Uh, got coroned uh, <laughs> got coroned yeah that's the best way to say it so um my intervention study which we were planning on doing which we spoke about on the podcast um many many moons ago um we couldn't do it just because of the lockdown uh which was disappointing so we moved on to other things and i moved back to ireland um about three weeks ago uh because at that point the whole phd was completely online and uh then last week, my supervisor gave me a call and said, hey, what do you think about starting up the intervention in uh, September? And I'm like, Jesus Christ, man, I just I just moved back. So I'm now trying to figure out if that is feasible. Um, so there's, yeah, there's all that fun going on right now. But yeah, still um, waiting on a few papers to get published at the moment. So there should be a cool one coming out. Um, I won't drop any hints just in case it doesn't come through yet, but I'm I'm excited about the the next one. Yeah. Fingers crossed, this one ha- can obviously have a bit more longevity, and we don't get another global pandemic interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Rab. Yes. Tell me what's happening, mate. Um, I don't know. Just living living a life of a person. <laughs> It's pretty, it's pretty much. I mean, you know, I I still dabble in the nutrition world. I am still quite passionate about that. Um, doing other things, thinking about plenty of other bits and pieces. Um, kind of reading more stuff about neuroscience, but I'm just everyday kind of rab. I mean, myself and Kate, obviously from NutriKate, you've interviewed before, and we all know. Um. We started interviewing people just about their lives and some interesting bits and pieces, and that's turned into an interesting project. So that's kind of what's been occupying some of my time recently. Um, And it's been, yeah, it's been a cool thing to look at and to work around. But other than that, just being me. That's it. What could be better? Yeah, well, it could be better. Good. You you got you got to plug the podcast, Rob. We will. Is it a podcast or? Because I'll be honest, I was trying to work out where it's what platforms it hosted on. Because at the moment, I could only see Instagram, which it's it's on it's on Spotify, so it's properly it? on Spotify, Good. and it's on all these other ones. It's not on Apple Podcasts just yet, but it's kind of a limited series of interviews for the time being. I'm gonna go subscribe immediately after this call do health connect podcast there you go good cool rebecca what's what's going on i just say that living my life as a human sounds exactly like what an alien or some like (laughs) imposter would say 
like trying to convince you that they're human, sure. but they're they're actually not. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I'm Rebecca. I was on pretty recently, so like hopefully people listen to that. Um, similar to Rab, I dabble occasionally, still in nutrition, but I spend most of my time doing research not on nutrition, so on like software and technology across the world. Um, but unlike Richie, I get to do it remotely at the moment, so. I don't have to stress about moving countries and all of that stuff. But yeah, I've taken like a little bit of a step back from Instagram recently. I actually haven't put anything on Instagram, like even my stories in like three weeks. Oh. Uh, but I'll, I'll eventually show up again. Maybe when this comes out and I can plug it. How do you feel about that? I feel completely fine about it. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely it's good, right? no different. I mean, to be honest, I don't even feel like good or bad about it. I have a little bit more time back, but that's not necessarily a win because I'm spending more time like watching I don't know YouTube videos so it's like is my life any better I'm not sure I have a very good relationship with social media though so like it wasn't really detracting um I just got busy and then never went back to it I have a question what are you watching on YouTube um so I've started watching (laughs) two two things uh first which is fitness related uh Will Tennyson I don't know if you guys have watched him. He's like, he's this new generation of fitness YouTubers. He's like younger (laughs) than the people I would have watched when I was like uh, getting into fitness. And then the other channel, which I've been binge watching, it's um, Criminal Psychology YouTube channel. So they analyze um, footage from like investigations um, as part of like murder trials and stuff. And they break down like the different techniques that the um, interrogators are using, like, like good cop, bad cop type things, like in real life super interesting mm. i started watching a few uh, watching following a few similar kind of like forensic scientist type people on instagram and stuff to see that sort of thing because i thought it was quite cool watching how they um kind of break down crime scenes and stuff and to be honest when i look at it and the way they talk through things i realize how much of it is horseshit they're talking about how basically like the forensic science sort of stuff you see come out in court cases they're like yeah they can't tell that yeah they can't tell that it's like mm. you got i think they, they, they're explaining um some of the special specialists 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 in the US where like they get these people in to say a fire was started in this house by this method in this corner and it did this they're like you can learn how to become that role have that title in a four, in a 48 hour course over a weekend <laughs> it's like <laughs> all right okay well it's nice. it's to be honest like it's not content i've ever watched like i have no interest in like true crime or anything criminal but i just went down like a rabbit hole and I just started binge watching these videos and I can't stop. So that's just how I'm spending some of my time. I, I think true Sweet. crime, I think true crime is actually a really popular topic for a lot of people, which is but it's something that doesn't spring to mind necessarily. So people, when you say, oh, what do you do? Or what do you enjoy? People don't always say that. But then I think if you look at Netflix and the top 10 and stuff, you can see all the true crime documentaries yeah. are always the ones in there. So I think it tells you yeah. what, what people are interested in the sadistic stuff. But. Death what what death we need is a, it's a true crime fitness, true fitness crime genre. Oh yeah, Rav, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I can imagine who the first expose would be about. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do I have to beat that bit out? Or... <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Unless all your uh, uh, listeners can read my mind. Wow. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think I think we move on from that before we get in trouble. Um, today's topic is uh, 
an interesting one, I think, and one that I haven't prepped for in the slightest, so I'm probably not going to get involved in the actual content. Um, I'll try and act as mediator slash host, which is probably my, my role anyway, let's be honest. So um, we were going to talk about, and who, uh, Rebecca, as you came up, wasn't it? Um, mm -hmm. And Rabin, you obviously second the idea about talking um, around things we've changed our mind about. And I would like to not necessarily completely keep it to fitness related. I know you said maybe kind of a couple fitness related and you know maybe one not, but I'd say leave it wide open. Make it absolutely you know clear that you can you can pick anything because I think that'd be quite an interesting thing. I know I know this is a nutrition podcast and you know there should be some fitness related stuff, but meh, you know let's let's fla let's flaunt the rules a little bit. Let's go wild. Although I did do a lot of prep because I was like, what have I even changed my mind about? Like I had no, I didn't even know. I didn't know, so I like made a list, did a brain map. I have lots of options to talk about now. Excellent. Sweet. Do you want Sweet. to go? Do you want to go first then? Yeah, I don't mind going first. Do, just be, do just be, be, before we we get into it, Brett. Like, do you think it might be useful to just talk about why you think it's important to have this conversation? Do you want to? No. <laughs> You're the host, man. Come on. I I know. I just thought it was an interesting topic. Well, uh, yeah. Like I, I just I just think it's it, like it, I know we're not going to be going to be talking outside of the the fitness sphere, but I do think it it's important that people realize that holding on to an opinion is not always a good thing, and that being open to the idea uh, to changing my changing one's mind based on I don't know new experiences for one or like if if we're talking in nutrition fitness new evidence. Um, it, it's it's damn important because you know we're always going to be learning and we're always going to have to be able to adapt but if we are so set in our ways that we do not even want to consider changing our mind we're just going to be spouting bs potentially so yeah it's i i think like especially in fitness like like and i know we'll we'll probably have a couple of things to talk about um all of us but we will have thought things in the past and we will now in the present know them to be completely incorrect um but if we had always just kind of like stuck to our guns we'd uh, we'd still be kind of sta stating the same bs right now so yeah thank you richard very <laughs> insightful mm. i think I... to build on that slightly though like it does make you a better practitioner but it's also just even on a personal level like a sign of growth like just for for yourself that you've changed your mind as you've grown as a person absolutely I, I would also say just then to, to add another layer that is probably one of the, the most difficult things to do kind of be quite open around changing one's mind I think I can't say I, I feel like I'm qualified to make any real statements about it but I just kind of feel like it's also which I'm going to anyway I kind of feel like it's, it's one of those things where you kind of get so tied up in your own um, ideology or your own belief system in stuff where it is incredibly difficult to then kind of throw your almost identity out because it's kind of what you've always thought how you, how you you know kind of who you almost are to then turn around like especially in nutrition world like if you're if you're like mr keto and all of a sudden someone says by the way that thing doesn't work anymore but i can't be called mr keto anymore what am i gonna do and it's it's kind of that that i know it's a bit of a shit or a simple example but that is kind of the, the what i mean by like for a lot of people it's really difficult to then change your mind because you're so tied into this as an identity or your belief system um that just just shatters everything you ever know. 
I, I think um, the fact that it's so hard is one of the reasons that people stick to their guns mm. because they don't ever want to be thought of as being oh that guy used to he used to love keto and now he's 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 all about the carbs you know like you, you can't trust anything he says but mm. um, and that's why people get so defensive about it and that's why particularly in in nutrition we've got so many kind of factions that develop and um, arguments pointless arguments breaking out in on social media all places like the worst place to have an, an, an argument um so yeah uh it like and i i will openly admit when i if i find out i'm wrong it genuinely hurts like it really really hurts and it can be difficult to kind of to swallow that and to accept it but you have to because if you don't you're yeah you're just um you're not evidence-based <laughs> well you might be evidence-based once upon a time but with the evidence changing, now you're no longer evidence-based. <laughs> so, Rebecca, what is okay. the first thing that comes to mind that you've changed your mind about? So I actually had like two that were in the realm of nutrition and fitness. And I'm, I'm thinking we might just get through one each based off how much time we have. So I'm going to go with the one that's like most potentially controversial. So I have changed my mind about steroids. So I used to have... Oh no, Richie, was oh, that no, yours? Richard, <laughs> I can't believe it. I'll be honest, I get the feeling well, whatever you do. Okay. No, no, no. It depends which way you change your mind, but it's okay. probably the same as me. Right, go for it. Okay. Uh, can I, before we do, I was going to say, I think whatever you'd have picked, Richard was going to do the same thing. That's the best way to get out doing any prep. Oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> well, listen... The listeners can't see this, but I have lots of options. So if you want another one, like you can just take it. Can, can I just say? Um, I, I genuinely want to hear your opinion on this. Me too. Okay. Okay. Too. Um, so I used to have a very like visceral emotional reaction towards the idea of people taking steroids, that it was just like really negative, that it was stupid, it was unhealthy, uh, a little bit of the whole like it was cheating, as well. Um, and I kind of just looked down on, on steroids as a whole and people who use them. Um, and I think in recent years, um, I realized that that's actually not an it wasn't an evidence based thing at all. It was really like I have associated with steroids and drugs as a whole category as bad just through whatever upbringing I had. Um, but if you actually dig into some of the research that's there, particularly when you break down steroids as like a whole category into the different types of steroids and the different applications that they have, there are actually some very positive applications of steroids and there are some steroids which are not as dangerous as they might be made out to be. Um, and despite the legality surrounding them, I think there probably are ways and potentially changes in the future that steroids can be used um, through, through coaching and through education that are not uh, dangerous. So I think I've changed from having a very negative reaction to seeing um, steroids in like a new light where they have clinical applications like with elderly people but even if it is just somebody who wants to get like a bit more jacked in the gym and they're not planning on competing in a natural federation it's potentially not a bad thing to do um like more morally speaking um there can be health ramifications but again we have evidence that that can be controlled too so i think it's quite quite a major pivot that i had because i was really strongly against them in the past this is where someone else wants to chime in with their opinion because i'm assuming we're doing a round table on each topic and not just saying mm. move on yeah um no i'm i'm 
very, very much of the, the same opinion um, uh, as Rebecca. Um, in the past, I would would have thought like, you know, or somebody, I, yeah, almost looking down on somebody who, who uses steroids. Um, and now, like, I, I suppose I should kind of, as a forward, just say like, you know, I haven't and I have no intention of using You haven't? Uh, no, I know. I know. Looking at me, you know, it's it, it's hard to believe. All natural, baby. Um, but uh, all 150 pounds of me. Um, but um, all I see is delt. You know, I just see this. <laughs> oh, that's that's my new artificial background. It actually gives me a, an artificial. Background. Um, so, for example, with my research into sarcopenia, um, like I know the importance of. For example, TRT, testosterone replacement th- therapy for for older individuals. Um, the importance of HRT for women. Um, so yeah, like actually, that's a a very simple one. HRT is almost considered to be that is a standard therapy for women um, who are going through menopause, um, and that is literally just uh, you know replacing the estrogen that they normally would have, but that's dropped off, and, and in some cases the progesterone, and TRT is a similar thing. It's just replacing the testosterone that naturally peters off in older age in men. And I would consider, like, I don't know, but I would be open to the option when I get older um, of potentially going on to TRT to stave off some of the potential like downfalls of, of losing muscle and strength as we get older. And I, and I think that's really important. My I do have one issue around steroids and it's, so at the moment on social media, if, if you go through anything and you, you see somebody who is, is you know, very, you know, they've got a fantastic body, you know, they're very, very muscular, very, very lean. Um, and I know that there's always people who are going to be saying, oh, that, that dude's on steroids. It's like, you know, anybody who's bigger or stronger than me is on steroids. Um, my, my issue isn't with them specifically, but it is with the effect that they may be having on other individuals who are looking at them. So especially if they're a fitness professional, I would hope that they would be open about their use. And some, some, um, fitness professionals are, and I think that's really, really admirable. They should be very, very clear about what they're doing. Um, but like, I know some individuals in the fitness nutrition sphere who have openly spoken out against people using steroids or made fun of people who use steroids and, um, (laughs) regularly post images of themselves but do use steroids, but they just pretend that they don't. And I think that that is deceitful and mm. absolutely wrong. So if somebody is, is willing to be open about their use, um, I'm like, you know, go for it. If they do it in a, a safe and healthy way, which like Rebecca said, there are ways to do it. We definitely need more research because a lot of, because actually one, one of my colleagues at the university does research with steroid users on um, cardiovascular health. And it can be exceptionally difficult to get people to come in for these studies. So we 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 don't have a huge base for for the data that we have, um, but that needs to increase, and it won't increase if people are terrified that they're going to get ratted out to the police or something like that, which isn't an issue because using isn't an issue; it's selling is the is the issue, at least in the UK, as far as I know. Yeah. Mm. So for, for all in, obviously the masses of international listeners we've got, the lo- local laws might be different. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Rab, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I I think I would probably fall in line with this view just in general. I think, I mean, part of me is like, I just don't really care anymore. <laughs> you know, I like, I'm just like, yeah, if you want to do that, go ahead. 
I think I would fall in line with what Richie said about look, just be just be transparent about it. Like if you're doing it, grand. Like as long as you're not cheating someone else out of potential livelihood by way of if your occupation requires you to be, you know, the biggest or the fastest or whatnot in a competitive environment. Um, if you're just doing it for the sake of wanting to look better to some degree, whatever that means for people. Um, yeah, granted, whatever. I just, I don't really, I don't really have a problem with it. I think it's the, the straight up flat denial about it because maybe, maybe that comes from the fact that it's not an open discussion. I mean, my, my brother and myself, we've talked about this, um, about like the TRT, um, discussion before about how, yeah, probably to some degree is definitely going to be worthwhile in the future at some stage. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty chill with it. I think, yeah, when people hear the term steroids or hear the thing, I've changed my mind about steroids. Like, they're like, oh, what? You're like, it, it immediately gives people this idea or the connotation of, you know, whatever people think about immediately when they think about that. But I think there, the more there's discussion in a non-polarized format or not having like two ends of the spectrum, I think there's probably there will probably be a better outcome overall um by way of like informed consent etc so i'm cool with it i i, would... I, I do think oh yeah Frank, no, no, go ahead no no here you go i was gonna say i do think that there's also just a huge lack of education about it in general i mean that is the case for anything that is illegal there's obviously not easily accessible information but it leads to i think a lot of um stereotypes and misinformation about steroids as a category and the people who use them I saw a post and I think Richie you also saw this post a while back from a dietitian on Instagram about the side effects of steroids and that that was just the title it was the side effects of steroids but the side effects were actually steroid abuse side effects and there's a really big difference that's like the difference between the side effects of alcohol just casual like everyday normal health healthy to degree alcohol use and alcohol addiction it's very different um, but the framing was incredibly negative and judgmental and there was no educational element of it either. It was just more fear mongering than anything else. Um, it was also completely male focused, but we know that many females are also taking steroids. And when you say, Richie, there's a lack of research, there totally is. But most of the research that exists is also on males. There's even less for females unless you're talking about like burn victims or so, there's some studies in elderly women and steroid uh, supplementation. But yeah, it's just there's so much um, confusion, misinformation and fear mongering that I think it also kind of amplifies this feeling that people have if they are taking steroids that they're never going to come out about it because the judgment that's there. And I was one of those people who was so judgy about it because I just didn't, I guess I didn't understand the the true landscape. But yeah, it's it's such a complex area, but it's also so fascinating because the, it's so like uh, lacking in research. I think hopefully in coming years, the, the research landscape will improve. And yeah, super interesting area. I think uh, the only thing I will add, because absolutely echo everything you've said in true corporate style. Um, the only thing I'd probably add is around the, I suppose the conversation about people being open and open about their usage is a difficult one because obviously what, what where do we expect to get with that do we get do we expect to get a point where say if you're some form of influencer or you know selling a product or service on instagram should you be labeling your pictures saying steroid user or you know enhanced or whatever um or is it a case of like you just don't you know what's the word um 
can't think of the right phrase. Essentially, you just don't have to speak about it. But if someone asks you, then you have to be honest about it. Where where do we get to? Because obviously, I guess that's the point. Because I, I think, Rebecca, you said about obviously lack of education. There absolutely is in that. I mean, as an example, I can't remember when I was looking at some pictures of like Mr. Olympia's over the past and someone that I worked with genuinely turned around and said to me, so are that, do, do you think they're on steroids? And and obviously, bear in mind, we're, we're looking at the, the heavyweight, you know, Phil Heath's, um, you know, your, your Kai Greens. And I'm like, I think they might be using something, you know. Um, yeah. And it shows you all the way. Yeah. It, I think it, it, I mean, it shows you the naivety of people that just has no interest in bodybuilding and that obviously there is this lack of mass. And I use that in the kind of the most um, positive of ways when I say naivety in terms of there is just kind of like the literal ignorance. They, they've never had any interest to find out like what a steroid user would look like or whether these people have used steroids. So, I, you know, you do get to a point, I think, across where, where do we lie on the spectrum of like how open do people have to be when they're kind of doing things and when they're, especially when it is, a, like I say, an influencer, a business or someone where they're, they're using physical attributes to kind of sell a service or a product because it's just not talking about it, okay? Or, and obviously if someone asked you would be open not honest or do should someone be more explicit and more proactive in saying i by the way i am a steroid user and you will probably not look like this as a natural it's a difficult one isn't it i don't be fair i wasn't expecting an answer just i guess it's just something people to think about but just based on that i'll keep i'll keep it short norway is just about to bring in some uh legislation regarding touching up um images on social media so if somebody has touched up an image they have to state it in the post I really don't know how I feel about this. We could go on a tangent on this on this topic, but it's just like, so for example, this case that you're bringing up of should somebody have to say when they're using steroids because it might be misleading to potential clients. But generally, people who are in amazing shape and natural, even their clients might not ever look like them. So should they be stating like, oh, and I have amazing genetics and I train six days a week <laughs> and my whole world revolves around my training? Like, there, it's just, there's like, I don't think that it's as black and white as like steroids or not um because then you can even get into things like self-tanner for females makeup like particular clothes that amplify certain areas and it's like how much do you have to state versus how much do people have to kind of just be informed about what you see on social media is not necessarily realistic for you so there's I think there is a little bit of consumer responsibility and then there should probably be something on the seller side as well like it should just be like a Kai Green being like, yeah, you can look like me in six weeks. But I, I just, I have like a little bit of a problem of like, how, how far do we bring this? So like, even with Norway regulating the fact that an image is photoshopped, I, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I just think it always boils down to transparency. Yeah. It's almost like if you're open about it and honest, and, and you're, it, I think the the only slight, I guess, debating point for me is around like how proactive do you have to be to be transparent, or like is just being transparent and honest enough, which I think probably is. Like if someone asks you and you say yes, I'm on drugs, then cool, or yes, I have touched up this filter, or this this picture of a filter, yes. But should you be have the label stuff to say? I don't know. I don't know. It depends really, I guess. But, and I suppose, like, I'm happy if this take a bit of time off the podcast, actually, because it is a really interesting topic, uh, th- this whole concept of it. But even the idea of, like, having to label pictures being, I guess you can imagine, obviously, someone's expanded their waist, and they or, sorry, shortened their waist and expanded their arse, and obviously you put a little label next to it to say, this has been 
moved here and you know the waist has been shrunken in here and my bicep's been expanded here um even that yeah that's an interesting thing to think about whether like people should have to go that far but then obviously when you know that people are doing this type of thing like i don't know if you ever there's a couple of um instagram accounts that i've followed and i can't remember what they are now off the top of my head but they're the these types of accounts that pick up on celebrities doing this stuff and the reason i did it was for like content originally but it's quite interesting to see the amount of well, they get the side by side pictures the amount of people that clearly do quite what do do some touching up i think which i think is quite an actual understatement probably of what you can really say but touching up with some photos um and how how regular and a, of occurrence it actually is like you just would I, I guess obviously a lot of people say oh it's, oh it's clear it's obvious they do but actually i think a bit like the whole does kai green use steroids comment for a lot of people they just no idea that what and um when you then start to see the detail, you start to see how ridiculously obvious it is where you see like door frames moving in the background where they've obviously stretched or shrunken the pictures and things. And yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think. Interesting topic, but... Oh, Rev, no, no, my, no, internet, no, my internet no, connection is no, laggy. No, 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 no. By all means, go uh, ahead. I was going to say, I want to hear one of the things that you guys have changed your minds about. We'll get there. We'll get there. How about Rab? Do you, got, do you want to add on to that last bit or. Like, ju- just on that, like, I, I think. I think what Rebecca said about where does the line end with what has to be like disclosed. Yeah. I, I think you're 100% correct on that. I, I think the, the issue often stems from if there's, if it's a consumer transaction on the back of something, I think that perhaps is where there needs to be something for sure. Like if it's just someone who has no affiliation with selling a product or selling a service, and I don't think they should have to declare whether they are like, oh, this image has been brought to you by, you know, this vial of, of steroids or whatever. Like, it, like it, it, should, it shouldn't have to be that, like that because the whole point of sharing something on a social media platform is for that purpose anyway. Like once it goes into the, the realm of, well, you provide a product and service, then yeah, perhaps there needs to be some transparency provided the images themselves, like I think, you know, someone who's in the know or is going to be a little bit more transparent will probably do posts about their steroid use to some degree. They won't be that way. And I think that would be fair enough. And they could do the whole thing that says, hey, look, I do this. If you want to learn more about that, here's some stuff that I've talked about, et cetera, et cetera, if that's, the, if that's how they want to approach it. Like, I think that that's a simple enough thing. I don't think it should be regulated to the point where, you know, you have to give <laughs> the list of ingredients or you know, here's my 23andMe genetic profile to show you where I exceed, like, genetically versus the average person. Are you saying you're not going to share your stack? No. My stack probably consists of, right now, blueberries and, <laughs> like, goat's cheese or something like that. That's my stack. That's the, the secret. stack. The secret. Yeah. No, I thought it was the secret Get Jack stack. Blueberries yeah. mixed in goat's cheese. Which, yeah. to be fair, actually might be quite nice. So, yeah, I'd say so. While while we have you, then, Rab, what's your initial thing that you've changed your mind? We might only have time for one each, by the looks of it. But well, it's all good. I, pick, I think, pick the best. I think by way of kind of being just the, the way the the overall topic that we're talking about. I think my thing or the idea that I've changed my mind on is being more curious over the like 
the approach to dogma sort of stuff. So being curious rather than being dogmatic about things. And that comes across in everything. So I know, you know, when the whole evidence-based stuff almost sounds like a dirty word now, but um, like when that kicked off, everyone's like, oh, wow, this is great. Like we're being really kind of like we're seeing the light, but we are probably fairly dogmatic about things that we deemed as evidence-based. And we had this whole thing of, oh, well, it can only be from like, this sort of trial and this this data is useless because it didn't go through the rigorous rigorous enough you know protocol etc cetera, etc cetera. and now i'm just kind of like man there's there's a lot in in the spectrum of things you know i think i'd like to characterize where i am right now as living directly in the gray between two different points on on most matters and uh, whether it's nutrition related or Something else, unless it's it's completely devoid of of merit, um, but that's the kind of thing, and that's come from, you know, the way I grew up would have been quite, um, yes or no, um, quite dogmatic, and I would have had a particularly dogmatic view of a lot of things, and then over the last couple of years, definitely become more curious about different ideas, different concepts, and just the the wealth of information that exists around different things. So I think that's what I've kind of changed my mind on overall. And I think to kind of round off that little thing, I think what Richie said at the, at the outset before I actually started about this relates back to if any of you read Alan Flanagan's 3AM Thoughts, that thing that he puts out, Sometimes. he talked about recently the low regard opinions about not holding an opinion too highly so that when more information comes out about it, it can be more malleable uh, and then can, can fit into a bit more of a suitable framework. I think that's kind of what we're trying to approach. So that's that's sort of where I'm sitting right now, I guess. I like that. I think it aligns with a lot of things in the fitness and nutrition sphere where I guess we've all held what even might seem at the time like evidence-based opinions on things which when you look back and see how not only is there obviously there huge differences in hierarchy in terms of what evidence really is there's also a lot of subject subjectivity around how you value that evidence so like where so where some people might say like a systematic review or meta-analysis is the gold standard of evidence. a lot of people say actually perhaps not um because obviously there's so many things within that which determines how the quality of the evidence is in the same way mm. as a you know a double um a double blind placebo controlled randomized controlled trial whatever is like oh you can't get better than that and then obviously again like there's so many things in terms of the study design how they do it you know all this stuff which might determine that actually that makes that a really poor piece of evidence i think when you then spread that idea across like the evidence base it's no wonder that we have so many differences of opinions on kind of what is an evidence-based answer on a particular question or subject because everyone basically holds bits of evidence in such different regard because it depends on your values, your thought processes, your beliefs, all of this type of stuff. Do, does that make sense? Yeah. And I mean, let's, well, for me, I can only speak for me personally. Like a lot of the ideology about being overly evidence-based just came from the people that you would you know, associate with and follow, et cetera. And they're like, oh, we are evidence-based, blah, blah, blah. And we know that only these sort of, you know, this methodology is the best. And therefore you end up just spouting that because you want to be associated with that tribe 
or you know ivory tower or whatnot um but yeah i would i would agree like raising my hand now just so that i can be more polite and not interrupt um on this i do think and i i kind of wonder i'm like trying to reflect on what you said i'm like have i have i changed in regards to this because literally what you just said about associating with people I think when you really admire somebody and look up to somebody and respect them as an expert you often adopt their opinions and their viewpoints so I have definitely again I've changed my mind about you know the evidence-based nutrition world and what studies we consider to be good evidence um, and how that's different to like medicine for example but that is because I was exposed to ideas of certain people that I look up to and admire. So I'm kind of like, have I actually developed myself and have I changed my mind or have I just started to admire new people and their ways of thinking? Because I I can't be an expert in everything. I'm thinking about this outside of nutrition when it comes to things like, I don't know, philosophy or psychology. I'm not consuming the evidence and forming a lot of my own opinions. I'm more like listening to a spectrum of people and kind of aligning with the ones that resonate with me. But perhaps I'm still being dogmatic and just associating myself with the opinions of those people um, rather than being like curious. But maybe there maybe there's a bit of both there. But yeah, it's it's a really good one. Um, and I'm just not sure if I if I'm at that level of maturity compared to you. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, I think Rebecca, sorry, Rob. Um, no, no, no. Sorry, wait. I, I think Rebecca, you, you, you've kind of nailed it there. I think there will always be some sort of an aspect of um, a reflection of the wider community with which we associate in our opinions um mm. and i think like again this goes down to that whole gray area rab was talking about you know we, we're not in the black not in the white um we'll always be somewhere in the middle kind of um but when it comes to um when it comes to let's say nutrition um and where people have like a, a genuine scientific background and a, a, an actual understanding of how to read research and how to understand it, I think people will be able to, a greater proportion of their opinions will be formed based on their actual understanding of the evidence. Uh, whereas there will be always be a small proportion formed by who, like, like you said, people who they look up to, people who they associate with, communities that they're in. Whereas uh, the other individuals who don't have that much of uh, an understanding of how to actually read research would probably take far more um, influence from those communities and far less from they put less value basically on the on the research that they're able to read uh, or digest themselves. Yeah, well I, I, I would uh, I would in true corporate fashion echo what you just said there, Richard. Um, <laughs> only because I think I was thinking the same when Rebecca was speaking around like people's how you kind of mold your ideologies and your beliefs and your knowledge base i suppose based on the people that you do respect i think that's even more prominent in people like me who is not a researcher um can read the research and evidence base at a very 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 like high level as in not very well um and i wouldn't i'm not skilled or knowledgeable enough to scrutinize some of kind of the the evidence as you would probably hope and expect someone to say and I, this is me being honest about saying obviously if i'm an evidence-based individual um i would say there's very few people unless you're an actual researcher that can probably go through and scrutinize the data the methodology and the way kind of studies are set up to properly form your own opinion i think it's actually a really difficult thing to do and i think most people that say they're evidence-based probably can't truly make that claim because they probably don't have those skills or knowledge and i will say i definitely fall in that category 
Um, so you do have to basically align yourself with individuals where you do feel they have those skills and almost echo their opinions because you you can't know better. Is it like I mean you, you know you you hear people talk around statistical statistical, statistical analysis of things and how they've kind of going through. Uh, running different methodologies on that in terms of then this is what we think the outcome of a, of a research paper is it's like i would never be able to do that i because i don't know enough about statistics i don't know enough about like, like the you know the wide range of things there are to study in the methodologies you use to to kind of do any type of research paper so how could i ever say that i really understand all this stuff i can't really so i have to align with the people that i think are kind of like the key stakeholders in the industry and say what they're saying kind of makes sense to me based on what I know so that's where I'm going to go and I've always got to hold some doubt there that they could be wrong because I'm not that isn't my opinion I'm really saying it's theirs hmm. well I think you said something there that's important I think no I didn't we I n- that's never happened if, if we are just viewing it as well like, or, or like again just speaking personally if my position is shifted to where the people that influence me or that I put weight in by way of what they say I, I'm way more attracted, if that's the word to use here. I find these people attractive. Oh, uh, way more attracted to the people who will say they are willing to be wrong on something or express a level of uncertainty um, in their position given what they know um, rather than being 100%. Yeah, I'm definitely, you know, this is definitely the thing and this is definitely not the thing. I think there has to be an element of humility in that rather than just be, you know, this is definitely the side you want to be on. That makes sense. Richard, what have you changed your mind on at any point in your lifetime? Um, mine is going to be far less profound, but um, potentially uh, oh, will stir a little bit of d- debate. Uh, coffee. My, um, my type of topic here, my man. So I thought you'd like it, yeah. Um, so uh, I am from a traditional Irish farming household where we drink tea. And the only coffee that was ever in our house was a little uh, Nescafe Gold Blend. of Nescafe Gold Blend that was solidified into a solid block within the pot for lack of use. Um, and I always detested. I remember I got my mother to make me a one of these coffees before because I was like, oh, man, make me one of those things. And I remember taking one sip and I was like, what is this putrid liquid that people seem to put into their bodies? Didn't get it. Um, and I didn't for the majority of my adult life. And then I went to uh, Colombia and I still didn't start drinking coffee there because most of the coffee that you get in Colombia is absolute trash because they send all the good stuff outside of the country um but i started a job there as um i was working as a uh, biology and chemistry teacher in a secondary school and i they start school early like classes started like just after 7 a.m uh so i was getting up at just after five o'clock in the morning to to get the bus to get to school on time and i'm not a morning person anybody who has ever seen me in the morning knows I am not a morning person um and I was really struggling for the first uh first few weeks and then I decided okay I just I need something so I'm going to try the caffeine uh so I started drinking coffee um in the, that was in the teacher's lounge and I hated it I absolutely hated this stuff like my I, I say my kids my students um they would always look at me in the morning as I was drinking my coffee in the classroom and they'd be like teacher 
why are you drinking that? Your your face, you 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 clearly hate it. Why are you drinking that? And I'm like, I need it because I have to deal with you guys. <laughs> um, so I started drinking coffee then, and then I started drinking better coffee. And now I really enjoy coffee. But I also have to think, do I really enjoy coffee? Because I know when I taste it, I'm like, oh, wow, this is really bitter. Um, and I'm also the only person in my household because uh, that drinks coffee. And I, I, I let my parents drink one that I made in the morning. And I, I like it strong and black. And um, my parents just pulled the same face that I did as a child. I was like, how do you drink that stuff? But yeah, um, I, I'm now a complete convert. Like I, I have a coffee every morning when I'm reading my book in the morning. What are you pointing at? I was gonna, I was gonna jump in, but Rebecca's poised. I can tell. No, no go ahead. All right. I was going to say, absolutely agree that, and I'm going to expand this um, idea of that. I think you do develop different kind of taste buds and reward patterns on certain tastes um, through experience, because I think when you start coffee and you expand that over to olives and like quite strong fish salmon you know you kind of go from salmon or anchovies or lots of taste like where everyone's like when they first have them beer beer is another example where it's like oh this is disgusting like when you're a child and you first have like you, you sip your dad's beer type thing you're like this is gross how can people drink this stuff but obviously now it tastes amazing i just think there's some kind of development in the palate over time um but and before i let anyone else go when it comes bring it back to coffee when people say they don't like coffee or you know they don't like coffee i always think have you actually had coffee or have you had nescafe gold blend because there is a massive difference in terms of the taste and quality of someone that knows how to make coffee from good quality ingredients compared to someone that spoons a nine-year-old solid block of gold blend from their, their jar at home and then pours yeah. half pours half a carton of milk into it as well yeah I'm so interested by this. So I don't like coffee um, and I have tried good coffee. But what you were just saying about taste buds is super interesting. And I don't know if you guys have heard of this because the, the word is terrible. But there is this phenomenon called being a super taster. And I have pulled up the definition just so that I don't get this wrong. But it is uh, a person who experiences the sense of taste with far greater intensity than average, with some studies showing an increased sensitivity to bitter taste. And those foods that you were just list listing off, Brett, like beer and stuff, there is just a whole list that these these people with these types of taste buds find appalling. I've definitely identified myself with this category of people. And there's a test you can do where you get some food dye and dye your tongue. And the concentration of taste buds in a particular area will tell you whether or not you have this trait or not. But I think that's my problem with coffee. And I really feel like I'm missing out because coffee is just like so hot right now. Like my boyfriend is obsessed. He's got like a grinder, uh, like I don't even know the words for all of the things he got, but he he spent fifty five pounds on a scales to weigh out his coffee beans for his coffee machine that I, also I, cost way too much I, money. I feel personally attacked. <laughs> I, I just I, I, I don't I, understand it, but I have FOMO. Yeah, well, don't, I, don't like don't at all. Like I, I I got into it as a literally just a necessity for life. Okay, um, <laughs> and it can become an expensive like you know brett it's a damn expensive hobby for some people um but think of it it's like you, you know you're, you're grand with water when you go out you don't need a coffee my my, well, my 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 coffee apparatus at home has cost me over two thousand pounds yeah but that's that. a proper like, machine well it is but um 
it still just makes me one coffee a day type thing, you know. But it's fucking damn know, fine, good coffee. Let's be honest. It's, no, it just it, it, it'll have paid for itself by the time you're seventy. Oh, no doubt. Well, <laughs> seventy. I was buying like well, yeah. But in fact, coronavirus has saved me a lot of cash, not being in in a town centre and being able to access decent independent coffee shops. This hence the coffee machine at home. Um, but I think that I mean even even the bitter comment is is like coffee coffee can obviously it's like wine lots of different kind of taste variables and tasting notes um when you get really bitter coffee it's usually it's overly extracted um if it's under extracted it's like usually quite acidic so a lot of time it is like the brew method makes a massive difference to how bitter someone will find it so like that might just be you've just had poor coffee and it's just been really over extracted stuff tell your boyfriend he's been making you over extracted coffee what, what? Well, he hasn't What's actually it? made me any. I, I mean, gonna... I've gone to like cafes and asked because I, I do enjoy caffeine and like I'll get it from like a monster or whatever. But I would like to enjoy coffee. It seems like something that I could get, you know, enjoyment from. So I have tried a couple what, what, and um... even things like iced coffee and stuff. And I'm just not not into it. Well, yeah. Cold steep's always going to be a bit bitter. Um, what is your usual method or brewing kind of choice when you're in a coffee shop? What would you normally ask for? I have no idea. Like I haven't done this for years. I gave up. I like did, I tried. Did, just can I just have a coffee, please? Is that, is that it? I'm like trying to remember. I like I remember going to Starbucks and just like pointing at go. the menu. Like no, I have you, you that. Fa- stop talking. You failed. You said Starbucks. You failed Sorry, immediately. I'm not allowed in the club. Maybe I should just you know maybe I should change my mind. Maybe I'll just force myself to consume coffee every morning like Richie did, and we can come back in a few months and I'll be converted. Go go find a really good decent independent and like ask you know get get probably something like a filter to start with it's probably a good thing because it'll be probably a bit smoother usually less bitter um and see how you get on like it'll be it'll be this down yeah just just any sort of filter whether it's a batch brew a pour over like v60 aeropress whatever just if you ask for a filter they'll just say yeah we've got this all of the words that you just said are the things that my boyfriend owns and they're just they have taken over our kitchen counter it's it's like yeah, a lab or something I, I get it that's the problem you get in a rabbit hole like anyone that gets into coffee they'll start with like some form of like a, a, an aeropress or pour over something like a small filter and the next thing you know they're buying like full grown commercial espresso machines at home and that's just what happens you know so i did it i couldn't help myself and, you know hence the exceed obscene amount of money on it but yeah and i'll probably watch more youtube videos on that than you have on <laughs> true crime <laughs> and then there'll be some sort of true crime coffee youtube channel it's like uh, the native killer i'm cu- I'm, yeah. cu- I'm currently on google and that's a great name actually that's a really good yeah. name i'm going to search that instagram <laughs> profile and see if it exists and if it doesn't i'm going to nick it <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to buy i'm going to buy the the, the web address before you get to it oh, no. don't uh, do, don't do it to me rich that's not really nice i'm supposed to be your friend i, you... I, I just created the name <laughs> no but i'm steaming it first <laughs> um, ju- just because you you mentioned the the word um super taster rebecca uh so, and and we're talking about youtube as well so bon appetit um have a, a good youtube channel um that i got really into a couple of years ago and have been watching since but they have one of their um presenters is a guy by the name of chris morocco and he is continuously described as being a super taster and one of the the sets of videos that he does is a series where he recreates dishes and so what they'll do is they'll create a signature dish from a famous chef they'll present it to him but he'll be blindfolded so he has to 
smell the dish, he has to touch it with his hands, he has to taste it, and then he has to recreate that exact dish without ever seeing it and only from touching and tasting it. Um, and the guy is phenomenal. Like, like he messes up a lot, but like he is phenomenal. And he'll be like, yeah, I'm getting, uh, is that sweet paprika or is that oh, that's smoked, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, am I getting dry white wine? Yeah, okay. It It is phenomenal. Um, it's so cool watching him work. But he tastes That's everything. Um, he has no issues with bitter tastes. I'm going to check that out. That sounds amazing. It's, it, it's fun to watch. This is what I watch on YouTube at three o'clock in the morning when I should be sleeping. Here, here's a question. I'm, I'm there with you. Here's a question. How many people do you think um, that... How many... Th- how many how, yeah, let me... I'm trying to point... How am I going to pose this question? Um, do we think it's a large potential of people that dislike coffee and have never changed their mind? Or do we think that as I kind of just said, you get used to it almost, and that a lot of people therefore have probably changed their mind because they've gotten used to it. Where do we think the kind of general scale fits? I would say the latter, because isn't isn't that similar for alcohol? That when you start drinking, you don't really like the taste, but it kind of grows on you over time. I, yeah, you. I'm not speaking from experience here. Like, I have no idea. I don't drink. So. But, but I, I think, like, like what you said about like the the FOMO of not drinking coffee. I think a lot of people probably experience that, especially at work. And I, I'm, I'm actually, I, it made me remember one of like my intermediary experiences with coffee before going to Colombia, and it was when I was working in America. Uh, like, this is on my J1 visa, um, and I was working on a like a building site, and all the guys were getting coffee in the morning. This is one of my first weeks there, and they said, "Hey, do you want a coffee?" And I'm like. I don't drink coffee. Yes, I'll have a coffee, please. Um, and they, they brought me back black coffee and they brought back all the sugars and milk and stuff to put in uh, on the site. And I took a swig and I was like, oh, oh God, this is bad. Um, I'll just put a sugar in. So I put in, you know, when those sachets of sugar, I put in a sachet of sugar, stirred it up, tried it. No good. Put in another sachet of sugar, stirred it up. No good. Seven sachets of sugar later. And I still couldn't drink the stuff. It was horrendous. But when I was in Colombia and I had to drink it every day just to survive, then I, I survived. <laughs> I got through it. I quite like that. I think it's a nice place to end. It's a, it's a good topic. So, no, thank you all. I actually think they were some very, very good topics. And although probably didn't get through as many as we might have thought, I think they were brilliant. And I think it hopefully made a really good episode for people So big thank you for me for coming on and sharing it and not a single potato joke in sight until now wow. oh it's not through us Jesus. I, sure look. I didn't make any jokes <laughs> unbelievable um no it during... was no it was this was a lot of fun chatting about fun. this it was fun and yeah. we, we steroids I... dogma coffee excellent topics exactly exactly mm-hmm. um i might i'm gonna i'm gonna clickbait this this episode i'm gonna call it something like i changed... Rebecca loves steroids not quite that i was gonna say like i could say i could say rebecca's changed her mind on steroids or something i don't know yeah you can you can do better than that <laughs> I, I clearly can't from the history of my podcast titles in fact one of our reviews specifically states um titles never align to the content or something like that so clearly don't do very well at that um no, big thank you for me for coming on as usual uh let's do it again soon i very much enjoyed it so Unless, I'm game, yeah, 100%. We know that, but do you want to come on the podcast? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> right, let's say bye. Uh-huh. Love you all. Okay.
Okay. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the NNN podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please help us by rating on your podcast provider, sharing with your networks so we can get our content out to more people. See you next week. Thank you.